welcome to the Soul Exploration Podcast, where we explore the depths of people's soul purpose and reasoning behind what they are doing in their life. I'm really excited to explore the depths of a new soul on today's podcast. And with that being said, let's get right into it. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Soul Exploration Podcast. Today, we are exploring the depths of Easton Gladney. Easton, super excited to have you on. Been waiting for this. This is going to be awesome. So for all the viewers who don't necessarily know you, just go ahead and introduce yourself. I just want to say first, thank you for inviting me. Um, I appreciate it. My name is Easton Gladney. I'm a 22-year-old real estate agent turned crypto NFT Web3 investor slash content creator. Awesome. So, you know, you're 22 years old. Most people at 22 aren't really doing this. So let's start at kind of the beginning and then we'll kind of work our way up to the present time. So in the beginning, you know, tell us a little bit about one, where you're from. Pretty simple, but kind of what your childhood looked like and kind of what shaped you to kind of get to where you are now. Yeah. So I am from Toledo, Ohio in the U.S. And if we want to go way back in my childhood, I was born actually a premature baby. Um, I was supposed to be born in March, and I was born in December. Very, very small. I actually had to have a lot of ventilators helping my heart run and a bunch of other problems that occurred, and that kind of led to some heart surgeries and things like that trying to keep me alive. And then those experiences, or I guess those problems when I was a kid, led to a lot of other mental health problems, and I would say some other physical problems, which in my, I guess, 8 to 9 to 10 age range were like anxiety, OCD, mental health problems, if that was Tourette's, a lazy eye, a stutter, a lisp. So I was kind of filled with a bunch of those problems that kind of really led to who I am now throughout probably my teens. I really, really dealt with mental health and the lazy eye and the Tourette's a lot. It really didn't bug me to the point where I was upset with myself, but it definitely held me back in my confidence from doing a lot of things like that. I played lacrosse for 10 plus years, and I think a lot of those problems really didn't help me like in that aspect. And then like leading up to where I am now, the mental health problems have really shaped my content creation, why I want to help people so much. When I was 18 or 19, I really dealt with it bad where I was suicidal. And it was either I chose death or I chose to get better. And I obviously chose to get better. And that's kind of been the driving force from the age of 18 to where I am now with everything. Wow. So I've always thought the things that we struggle with, and it sounds like the exact same case for you, things that we struggle with were specifically designed to serve people that deal with the same things that we've dealt with. So it sounds like, you know, you kind of struggled with all these different things. You know, you struggle with mental health. I mean, you even got to the point where I, myself included, we've all been there where it's like, you know, like, do I even want to be here anymore? And like, that's a tough thing to be able to admit. So I really honor your vulnerability. So I kind of feel like that's what shifted you. That was probably your realization point, which is kind of where I wanted to get to next was like, that was the moment you're like, huh, like I can either just give up or I can try to get better. And now I'm specifically designed to serve people because I know how much I've hurt and I don't want people to hurt in that same way. Is that kind of the same approach you kind of feel? Exactly. I was really struggling and I was like, okay, like, what are we going to do here? It's either death or I get better. And I was researching and researching and researching. And I found a guy along the names of Mark W. Freeman on YouTube. And his content really, really changed my entire perspective on mental health as a whole. I went to therapists before him, but they really didn't help. And then I found him, watched his content. And that's kind of been the driving force for me is if I didn't see him on YouTube, if I didn't read his book, 
later on, I would not be here. And if he didn't decide to share his struggles, be open about the terrible thoughts that he had, the terrible things that he experienced internally, I would not be here today. So I want to be there to show people that if you have a stutter, a lisp, Tourette's, whatever it may be, you can get better. And that is not a thing that holds you back. It's actually going to help you later on. And you can actually move past that limiting belief or that physical struggle that you are experiencing. Wow. Okay. So we've kind of talked about the setbacks and kind of things that have brought you to where you are now. And obviously, those problems don't just disappear. But obviously, you know, you build up those muscles to the point where you're able to lift the weights, you're able to, you know, endure and persevere and explain it in ways that help other people not have to face that pain as well. So you're 22 years old, you're in real estate, crypto, web 3.0, I've seen you all over the place, you're, you're killing it with the content, like you made me be like, dang, like, I need to go harder on content, because he's posting all the time and all the time. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, what do you got going on now? What's the future looking like? Let's start with the present. What's going on in the life of Easton? So I've been a licensed realtor for about three years, enjoyed it in the beginning, have kind of fell out of love with it, if that's through clients that didn't treat me right or respect me or just finding other things that I'm very passionate about. And so I've been doing that for about three years and I have kind of found the crypto web three and I fell in love with that. So now I'm starting to transition out of being a realtor into doing full-time crypto web three investing like education courses like classes people one-on-ones and really transitioning fully into the web three space like as a whole and everyone hears this web three thing crypto thing what does that even mean to you so i guess in a simple form web three is the ownership of your digital assets instead of having a company like facebook or twitter own your things. Now you are the ownership of all your digital assets and it is a community owned place or group instead of a corporation owned by a couple people. And I think if people have watched Ready Player One, I think that is a good aspect of the potential of what peak Web3 could be where you're in this giant digital world and you own everything or you own things as a group or you have ownership instead of these big corporations like owning things or your data or your followers or whatever it may be. Right. I've seen, you know, there's already coming out with social media platforms. Like I think there's one called Deso and like now you have ownership of your own content. Like it's on a blockchain and like that's crazy already because like honestly, I wasn't really even thinking like, oh, if I post on Instagram, like Instagram owns that data. And now they're selling that to other people. And that's why, like, you know, I Googled the other day, you know, like a pair of shoes. And then I saw an advertisement for that shoe. And I'm like, oh, like they're using that to, ah, and it like it all clicks. And it's like, that's where the future is probably going is what you're saying is that data isn't going to be through the app. We're going to have our own data and we're going to have our own privacy. Because like having a social media app with our content, owning all that, but like, what's kind of that next step after that? If we own our own content, what does that actually mean for us going forward? I think it's difficult because I think there will be big players in the Web3 space. I think they will be there, but they're going to be masked as decentralized, but they're going to be decentralized. I mean, they are going to be centralized, just masked as a decentralized entity, fooling people to make them seem like they are decentralized, which I think that'll be here like anyways, like, like money rules the world, like it's going to rule like Web3 if we like it or not. But I think what that really allows us to do is have control over the things that we want to put out have ownership of all our digital assets and be able to make money off of those things. For example, there is a platform, and I know very little about this. I just heard about this. It's called BBS. It's a Reddit 
but it is decentralized. And I believe people can buy your posts through this decentralized Reddit type platform. And I think it just allows ownership back to the community and allows them to take control. For example, if you're playing a video game, if it's a decentralized video game, you guys can all vote for certain things. You guys can vote to kick the developers out, like changes in the game. It just brings control back to the creators and the community instead of one person. And I think where we're headed is these big corporations will either have to mask themselves as decentralized entities or decentralized entities will win in the long term because community will want to have some sort of say in what the hell goes on in these platforms. I think it's such an interesting movement of just all the ownership back to us. And it's more community driven as opposed to the Web 2.0 format. So I know you're huge into all this space. And you, there's one project in particular I always see you talking about. I think it's Elrond. Elrond, is that what it is? Can you yes, speak a little bit about that and kind of explain that to me? Yeah, so Elrond is a layer one negative carbon blockchain. And a layer one is basically just like a foundation where you can build other decentralized applications on top of it. It is negative carbon. They also have just released their decentralized exchange. They have released, they're going to be releasing their NFT marketplace and their transactions per second can go up to 260,000. And to kind of put that like into perspective, I believe Ethereum can only do about 15. Solana's max, I think, is about 60,000. On top of all that, plus it is negative carbon, like I said. And then they have partners with like Audi. They have partnered with streaming services, concerts. And I think it is a very undervalued project and layer one out there. Partnered with Audi, partnered with these different streaming services. It seems like this is going to absolutely kill it. What is negative carbon? Because you said that, and I was like, what? what do you mean negative? So neutral carbon is when the carbon that you're taking like out of the air, you're putting back at that exact same amount. Negative carbon is you're producing less than you are taking out. So it is better for the environment, like over neutral. Gotcha. I've heard about, you know, like mining for, you know, Ethereum and Bitcoin and some of these different things is really bad for the environment. How is that actually bad for the environment? So we have two ways to create cryptocurrency. One's called proof of work and one's called proof of stake. Proof of work is basically where you create cryptocurrency by solving a math equation on a big computer and that takes energy. Proof of stake is where you basically have your staking providers or your validators stake their cryptocurrency and those validate transactions on the blockchain so there is no big machines needing to be ran to keep this blockchain afloat. Okay, gotcha. Elrond. I'm definitely going to have to look into that one. That one sounds absolutely... Okay, so you know we kind of talked about Web 3.0 and crypto a little bit. You know, I kind of want to go back into your timeline. So 22 years old, obviously a lot of life to live, but obviously not undermining how much experience you do have and how hard those experiences can be, right? So what, bring me back to some of those, you know, harder times, you know, some of the lessons you've really had to embrace and and kind of accept as a a 22 year old entrepreneur, you know, you're so young, so many people are going to, you know, maybe doubt you. Some people are going to, you know, just not think you're capable of doing what you can. What are some of those lessons you've had to embrace and kind of touch on those? So I think with looking back on the past to where I am now, I think one of the lessons I learned is if you believe in something, departedly keep going no matter what anyone says. And to relate this back to where to my personal experience, when I was a senior in high school, I did not like high school. I did not like the schooling system. I would sleep four out of my eight classes every single day. And I was told by a lot of students and I got a couple iffy looks from some teachers when they looked at me as a student 
And the students were kept telling me that I wouldn't be successful if I didn't go to college. I wouldn't be successful if I didn't get X grade on my ACT test. I wouldn't be successful if I didn't learn this math class. And I think in there with hindsight, looking back, I'm proud of myself because I kept that promise to myself that like, you know, like what's best for yourself, maybe not for everyone else, but for yourself. I didn't go to college. I did not pursue my lacrosse career. When I got scholarship, I went against the grain. And then with me like quitting my job, it just kept like, it kept showing me like, you know, what is best for you, especially as I built self-awareness. No one can tell me what is the right path for me. And then also being able to pivot as soon as you realize that this path may not be for me, pivoting ASAP and changing directions as fast as you possibly can is key and not sitting in the same spot and dwelling. Yeah, that's so big. I mean, I'm in a similar spot where I hated high school too. I hated the schooling system again. Like, it was just so stupid. Like, why do I have to learn AX plus B is this? Like, dude, like, no one needs to know that. And if I do, like, we have this great thing that we can use and just Google it and figure it out. And it's like the education system, man, it's so designed to just make us workers. And which is great. Like, there is definitely a benefit of going to college and getting a degree because it gives you that credibility you need to go get a, an entry level job. But for some people, that's just not what they want to do. And for you, that's not what you wanted. You knew you had something different in you. You knew you had a fire. You knew you had this burning desire to go do something. And as I'm on this journey, I give you a ton of credit and I just bow in your presence because it's so hard. Like it really is. You know, some days we're on top of the world. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to school. You know, this is great. But other days it's like, man, like what? Like, wow, like this is tough. Like this is really tough. A lot of people doubt me. Like, you know, society looks at me as a lesser and other days we don't really care about that. But some days it does kind of push on you, right? So that's really cool that you're being able to push through that. And it's awesome that we met. That's probably why we did. We're just on a similar frequency there. So how have you been able to, I know you said you struggled with mental health. How have you been able to, while you're attacking all these goals, which is amazing. And it takes a lot of effort and energy. But how have you been able to kind of keep that happy medium of working at your goals, not being too attached, staying happy at the same time? Because I think that's the most important thing is being able to stay happy. How are you doing that while doing all this extra stuff as well? I think it's very difficult in the beginning, especially when you struggle with mental health to get your ass up and do those things. But I think now for me, realizing that it's okay to feel feelings and it's okay to have thoughts. And changing my perspective to living a value-based life over a feeling-based life. So no matter how I'm feeling, I'm still doing things that I value. And I'm obviously not perfect. I did 75 hard for six months and like now I'm off it. And it's trying to live through your values and not how you feel because your feelings will come and go and they are temporary. And you know the things you value deep down. You know the things you really, really want to do. And when you like admit to yourself, you're like, damn, I'm tired. I really don't want to get up and go work out today, but I value being fit or I value not the feeling that I have, but the way that I move when I work out in right. if that's confidence, if that's whatever it may be and shifting that focus to not really and realizing that it's okay to feel feeling and like it's okay to have negative thoughts and they can be there while you do the things that you value. And I think that's the big thing for me that I realize is that I always thought, oh my gosh, I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling anxious. I can't go do the things that I value. But now I'm like, oh shit, like I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling depressed. I can be aware of those feelings and I can still continue to do the things that I value. Yeah, that's so big is living from your values, not your feelings. I heard you kind of repeat that theme a couple of times. Like an example of that would be, you know, you wake up and you're tired. 
And that's, that's a feeling. But if you're like, no, I'm value is being disciplined and getting up and, and attacking the day. Which one are you going to go with? Because it's definitely easy to just be like, oh, you know, I can go back to bed for an hour. It's only, you know, seven, eight, whatever. But if you're disciplined, like you're going to do that value. And what that happens is that creates momentum. And then you start being a little bit confident in yourself. You're like, no, like when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And when you start living by your values, you start creating who you are. And now you start getting confidence from that. I think that's the biggest thing that most people don't quite understand is they just play this like ping pong game back and forth where some days they want to be disciplined and then other days they just want to go with their feelings like, no, just pick. Like, it's okay if you sleep in once in a while. That's not what I'm saying. But like, create who you are. Like, you're not just a byproduct of everything around you. Like, create who you are. That's what's so cool about life is we get to go out and do what we want. We get to create our lives. Like, society wants you to go to college. Society wants you to get good grades in class. And just because you didn't do that, they just look down on you and you're like, no, like I still go and create my life. Like, I don't know why you're looking down on me. So what would you say to some people who maybe they kind of feel that similar, you know, I don't really want to go to school or I just feel like I want to do my own thing. What advice would you give them to stay in an internally peaceful state while attacking this societal construct that they put on us? I would first ask them, why are they doing the things that they're doing? Are they doing the things that they're doing? Are they going to college, for example, because their teachers want to, because their friends want them to, because their parents want them to, or are they going because they actually really, really want to be a doctor? And I think diving internally first and realizing, why am I actually doing the things that I'm doing? And people, like, everyone knows, like, why they actually are doing something. Like, they know, like, deep down if they want to admit it or not. And I think like after like you get past that and you're like, wow, like, I actually like am going to college because I have uncertainty about the future. Now that you're like aware of that, start to really build a life or present things to yourself. Like maybe I want to try content creation. Like maybe I want to try like a trade job and then trying things, trying as many things as possible, having trust that you can handle whatever life throws at you. And again, like pivoting as soon as you know that this job like isn't for you, that this business like isn't for you and shifting to something else. Yeah. Pivoting. I love that word of, you know, I play basketball, so that's like a beautiful word to use. So pivoting, you know, you're in one field. This is another thing is I noticed this in a lot of people around me is they feel like they have to figure out what they want to do with their life like now. And it's like, no, no, like you don't like you're 19, you're 20, you're 21, 22. Like, no, just go try something. If you like it, great. If you don't, now you know you don't. But you're never going to learn. I think I heard, you know, one of my mentors say this, like, you got to taste the buffet of life first. Like, you don't know if you like steak until you try steak. All right. So go try different things. Go take a sales job. Go do real estate. Go do crypto. Like, but dive in and, and commit to it for a certain amount of time and see if you can enjoy it. And if you don't, then you can just pivot, right? For your word, pivot and go do something else. But when you decide to change lanes, you got to go. Right. Like Gary Vee always says, like micro speed, macro patience, if you're going to do something, make sure you're doing it every day with speed, like in the micro, the small things like every day, go, go, go. But in the macro, you know, of what you want to do long term, you got to have patience because like that will take time. And I think that's what I struggle with the most is not being patient and wanting that instant gratification. Oh, I posted this. I better have, you know, 100 followers from this and, and that. And that's definitely something I struggle with. Is there any habits that you do, whether it be meditation, anything along those lines to kind of help you just stay grounded and be more patient with what's going on? I like cold showers. I think they are very necessary. And I can tell where I'm sitting at internally by 
how I react to a cold shower. So for example, if I'm in a cold shower and I feel it like intensely and I'm freezing, I know that I'm attached too much to my feelings. And if I'm in there and I'm vibing and I'm happy and it's still cold, but I'm enjoying it, I know that I'm in a good space internally. Besides that, I mean, it's for me, it's been setting boundaries with people, learning to say no to people. And really getting to a point where you're like, okay, like I know like what I have to do and I'm going to do it no matter what. And this is what's happening. But I think that takes time to get to that mindset where you're like, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this every single day, no matter what. And I don't care like what my, what my parents say, what my friends say, this is what's happening and that's it. I think that is a long road for people to get to, including myself. But I think when you can get there, just like grounding yourself and like, again, like this is what I value. This is what I want to do. And then move from there. That's key. You know, I've tried the cold shower thing. Maybe I should get back into it after that, what you're saying, how crucial it is in your life. Let me ask you this. This is kind of a side question. Every shower you take is a cold shower. Do you just like completely cut out warm showers? I was taking them cold and my acne got really, really bad. So, um, I don't get in cold right away. I get in hot and I clean up. And then like after every single shower, I turn it cold mm-hmm. and I will sit in the shower for about three to five minutes. I'll stretch and but like that's after like every shower, like it'll be warm, 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 and I'll turn it cold like after every warm shower, no matter what. Gotcha. I like that. Got to have the discipline to keep doing that, right? That's definitely a value, not a feeling thing, because feeling <laughs> like that sucks. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I want to ask you about more future. We've kind of talked about the present. We've kind of talked about the past a little bit. What exactly are you looking to achieve? I'm trying to be financially free as soon as I possibly can through investing in obviously crypto and NFTs and the Web3 space. I would also love to, this is kind of farther out, I would love to start a skin renting slash collecting business in the metaverse where, for example, let's say I own Master Chief from Halo and someone really needs it for their commercial and they know that they can come to my business. They can rent out this skin of Master Chief for $1,000 a day and then like I get it back. And I think that's something that I want to do. And then just a huge investor like in the metaverse And I also just want to continue to do these conversations, make content around spirituality, mental health, and spread awareness, like go to like in-person events and things like that. That's awesome. How do you even get involved in the metaverse? Because, you know, the idea you have is phenomenal, but like, how do you even go about like taking action to that? So I think to kind of like touch on like the first thing, the metaverse is early and I don't even like the word metaverse because every like digital like game like is a metaverse. I think for us to get to a metaverse where everything is connected, where you can jump from one like world to the next is a long way away. We're headed to a Ready Player One peak if we can get there through our technology and through our wants. The way that you get connected, though, is just immersing yourself. Like If you're not like immersing yourself in this space a lot, it will take a long time to learn. And this space moves really, really quick. And you do that by getting on Twitter. You do that by getting in Discord, by jumping on calls with people that know more than you. And just picking like your niche, if that's blockchain gaming, if that's like virtual reality, if that's like in-person events, like you want to spread like awareness through that and like go to there to learn. Just picking like whatever niche like you want to get to and learning the fundamentals of how the blockchain works, about crypto works, and then diving deep into whatever niche that you think is you gravitate towards. Yeah, I've really found that like it can be a little overwhelming when you start trying to get into this. Yes, it can. 
like, all right, I'm going to learn crypto. You know, I try to go in the rabbit hole. I'm like, wow, like this is a lot. Like, And then I'm like, you know what? No, let's pivot to NFTs because I don't want to do this. And then I'm like, wow, this is a lot too. Like, holy shit. But yeah, I think just, you know, you just kind of got to nosedive into it and start going. So I think this, what I'll take away from this call is I need to nosedive more because I have not been very. You have to fully embrace that you know nothing. And you have yeah. to step into this space and get on calls with people. Be like, listen, like I know nothing. Teach me about smart contracts. Like teaching about the essential and just immersing yourself in the space because this space moves so quick that if you don't, if you just dabble, by the time you learn something, a new trend's gonna come up or like a new wave's gonna come up, and then you're gonna miss it. Right. All right, we're getting kind of towards the end. Kind of two main things I want to go over with you. The last kind of question I have for you is, what advice do you have to people? who are looking to feel fulfilled in life? My number one advice is to, it's always back to the mental health for me, is realizing that you are not your feelings and your thoughts. It's okay to, you're a human, you are going to experience feelings and thoughts and it's normal. And then from there, you get to detach yourself from the feelings and thoughts and from the from your identity. And then it just game on from there. And then you actually do things you value, not because someone else wants you to or because you're feeling scared or depressed or anxious. You can drive in your own lane now. You can say, listen, I am feeling anxious. My dad said this about my clothing brand I want to start, but I really value me starting a clothing brand. And I know if I go to college, I will not be fulfilled. Right. That's so key. I heard this really good analogy. I don't know if I can remember it altogether, but it was basically about erosion and renewal. And basically happiness is how our relationship is with those two concepts. So like in life, there's times of life where we're getting, you know, there's erosion, kind of like the Grand Canyon. The water is just pushing us back and it's so uncomfortable and it's just, but what we don't realize is that's how the Grand Canyon was shaped. Like that's shaping us into who we are. And the other part is like renewal, you know, all these new things come in our life, you know, whether it's just a small thing, like a new book comes in, a new friend, a new relationship, a new location, a new job, like all these new things that, you know, add to our lives that give us that new excitement. Because a lot of us are good with adding things to our life. But as soon as, you know, life starts taking away things, that's uncomfortable for most of us, right? So it's kind of how can we accept the feelings and kind of like you said detach ourselves from those feelings and realize that's not us that's our body having those feelings right that's not our soul so it's our relationship with both sides of the spectrum of when life is pushing us back can we still not enjoy the process but respect it like can you respect that opportunity of like wow like this is tough i'm sad i'm not denying that sadness at all i'm respecting it cuz i know this is going to shape me into something a lot greater than who i am currently I personally don't like the phrase enjoy the process because that I think a lot of these successful gurus say that, but it's very hard to enjoy being depressed. It's very hard to enjoy losing $10,000. And I think there's a difference between being happy and being joyful. I think being happy is a feeling. Being joyful is enjoying anything, like accepting like any experience or feeling or thought that you're having and moving in a joyful manner and still, again, like moving through those values. But I think this all comes down to trusting in yourself. Like, for example, if you lose $10,000, you have to have trust in yourself that not only are you going to be able to handle that as a human, being the okay, like we are going to handle this loss. I have trust in myself that we're going to be able to handle this loss. And then knowing in your skills and your ability that you're going to be able to go get that back 
or whatever that loss is, because just like you said, it's very easy to value those happy feelings or those happy experiences when you're having them. But it's, I think, when you value the good experiences or the happy experiences, you're going to value those bad experiences that exact same. That's interesting. That's a really good point to touch on. I love how you said that. So the last thing I have for you, Easton, is this final round. I did this to um, on the last podcast. It's, I love it. I just love how it flips the questions back on you. So be ready for this. So it's basically six questions. The first round, it's going to be like, huh, I don't know. And then it's going to flip and be like, oh, okay. So just put your seatbelt on for this. Okay. So, and you have to answer. You can't not answer these questions. The first one is, what would you change about the world? And what I mean by this is it could be like an emotional thing, like more on the emotional side of things. You know, not like I'd make it warmer. Like it'd be more like, you know, I wish everyone would do this to embody more love or along those lines. I think my main thing is realizing that making people realize that there's no good and bad in the world and that their biases about the world comes from their past experiences and that just because that they think that they're right about something does not mean that they're right or if they think that they're wrong about something does not mean that they're wrong is that their perspective is their perspective and it doesn't mean that that perspective is right or wrong. I like that. What would you change about your community? Like my online community or my in-person because like I have more community online than I do in person. The next one's your environment. So that one will be more like, you know, kind of work. So that'll be more the online space. So for community, let's do like the area you live in. It could even be state, town. I think having people be more positive. I think I see a lot of people and I think like this is a lot of places, but just in general, especially just like having people be more happier. And again, like just being more grateful about the things that they are doing. I mean, I have a lot of grateful friends, but I am very, very picky with who I surround myself with. And I think on outside of that bubble of my family and my friends, a lot of people are very close-minded. So now what would you change about your environment? So this can be Web 3.0 space, you know, where you're at online. I think the number one thing I would change for Web 3 is, I have two things. Number one is stop the delusional positivity. I think there's a lot of fake we're all going to make it vibes. And two, people need to admit that they're in Web3 and NFTs and crypto to make money. And I see a lot of people not admitting to themselves or their audience that they're in this to make money. And they're fooling themselves. They're fooling like everyone around them. And I think just admitting that we're all in this to make money. We're all in this for ourselves. And if money wasn't an object, the majority of us would not be in this space. Yeah, definitely. There's so many of those people out there that are like, I'm not in crypto to make money. It's like, it is money. Like crypto <laughs> is money. Like what do you mean you're not in it to make money? Okay. What would you change about, doesn't have to be a specific relationship, but relationships in general. What would you change about relationships you're in? I think more openness on both sides of the table. I think more openness and less superficial bullshit. I think on both sides of the table, the openness part, and I'm a very deep person, and a lot of my relationships outside of my online people, more my family side of things, I would say more deeper connection with who they are as an actual human and strip away the superficial family, dad, mom, grandma, sister label, and let's get deep and real and connect on deep who are you as a human, not who are you as my sister, dad, grandma. Yeah, that's a big one. And it's so easy to just like, you know, say, I'm good. How are you? And just kind of stay at that. Cause it's comfortable. Like it's comfortable to not let people in. And it can be scary to let people in. So I think I definitely agree with you on that one. Like actually being a human, be like, you know what, man, I'm struggling today. And this is why. 
And being able to share that and know you're not going to get judged in return or have them try to fix you. That's the worst one is when they think you're something to be fixed. Like, no, like I'm feeling an emotion and you acting like you don't feel that emotion makes me know I can't really share that to you, which makes this relationship not very healthy. Very disconnected. Yes. So the next one is what would you change about your family? I think the with getting very, very real, just being more connected on a human level. I think a lot of people will be able to relate with me on this. They can't go past the superficial level. Their dad, their mom, their sister, their grandma, they can't see past that dad label. They can't see past that sister label. So when they're interacting, they're stuck in a box or a bubble where they can only interact like certain like sayings or certain words or certain things like that. They can't go past outside that bubble or they're looked at as like, who are you? Like, I don't know you. And I think that's probably the main thing for me. I just want to feel more connected to like all my family. And I think it's very difficult when all we do is superficial. I'm not saying like everything needs to be a deep ass conversation because that will get old. But I think a mixture of both would be good for me. 100%. And then the last one before I flip it on you, what would you change about yourself? I think for me, it's my speaking. I would change my stutter so I can speak fluently 24-7. I think that's probably my biggest insecurity is my stutter. I think if I could speak fluently 24-7, which I've worked on it, but I think if it got to the point where I knew that I wouldn't stutter no matter what, I would be more confident. Okay. So now, those last six questions, this is the final thing. You kind of just answered that, but how can you change to better impact yourself? I think that is part of it, working on my speaking, working on me slowing down when I speak. I think that's a big part of it. And I think just being more patient with myself. I'm very, very hard on myself. I push myself very, very hard, and I think I need to be a little bit more patient. Just my well-being, not results or anything, more just for me internally. And realizing that I am doing a good job in life, I've impacted a lot of people. And seeing that, like I was talking to my mom one day when I was very upset. I didn't take profit, and I lost out on like six grand. And my mom's like, Easton, you have people like make videos on your birthday, like saying like how much you've like impacted your life. And I'm like, I forget about like all these nice things that people say when you're in this down state. So I think just being more nicer to myself and realizing that I'm doing a lot for a 22-year-old. Yeah, that's very important. How can you change the impact of your family? Bringing up these topics in a not aggressive way. Bringing up these topics and really opening up and being like, hey, can we please talk deep? And this is why I feel disconnected. I feel this. I feel this way about our relationship. And in a non-biased way, more of like, hey, like, this is how I feel. And like, can we please sit down and talk about I feel very disconnected? Yeah, I wish that could be brought to the forefront more. And, and maybe that's a good you know, piece of content to kind of you know, start going off of is like, hey, we need to be able to speak our truth, but not in a way that comes across as like, boom, I'm coming at you. Like, you're the reason this isn't like it's a two way street. Like, I haven't spoken up about what I feel is wrong in the relationship. So I can't hold you to a standard yet of something if I haven't communicated that. So like being able to really control, you know, the energy you're talking to them with and that tone is so crucial too. So with that being said, how can you change to impact your relationships? I think bringing up problems as soon as they arrive. I think this stems from me being very insecure um, as a child, not wanting to get into confrontation, thinking confrontation was bad. And bringing up problems, and I'm working on this right now, but as soon as they arrive, be like, hey, man, like, you're, like, really, like, irritating me, like, by the way that you were, like, talking about me, or hey, like, 
you're not sticking up for me or, or hey, like I don't feel like any respect between us. And I think bringing up problems as soon as they arise and not just expecting something to work itself out. Yeah, that's big. And it can be so hard sometimes because you know saying some of these things is going to upset them. And it's like, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just like, man, like I want us to have a good, healthy relationship. And sometimes I have to be able, not sometimes, always, I need to be able to communicate to you how I'm feeling and vice versa. So how can you change to impact your environment? So I think this was kind of the online world we talked about. I think for me, Ed, this is something that I'm also just starting to work on and be aware of. Speaking truth no matter what, putting out content, calling out people's bullshit, spitting straight truth, my truth without me, a truth without something or a gain at the end. Like me spitting truth where it's just truth, where I'm not trying to gain followers, I'm not trying to gain money. Spit truth and spit what I fully believe in without being scared to get backlash or get hated on when I know that this is something that I really, really stand for. And that I really, really want to talk about, even if it's not a good topic to speak about in the community. Yeah, that's so tough to do as well, because as someone who goes on social media, like you do always think like, oh, you know, what are people going to think? And then you get some of those comments. and You're like, that kind of hurt. Like that kind of came at my insecurity. I wasn't expecting that. You get better at it. And it seems like you've started to be like, you know what? Like, I don't really care. I'm not doing this for that. I know my truth. That's really refreshing to hear that, you know, you're yeah. stepping into your truth and like you're doing, you're being yourself and just speaking what you feel and everyone else like who doesn't agree, like they're not going to keep watching your content. And like Gary Vee always says, like if they take the time to hate on you, like, wow, like I'm going to have some empathy because their life must really be miserable. Truly, like that's crazy to think about. So that's good. Yeah, just honor you for that. So how can you change to impact your community? So this would be, you know, state of Ohio. This is difficult because. I was very open with meeting people and giving free advice and helping, but I've gotten burned a lot with people wasting my time. I still am very open, but I also am very respectable of me. And I think this gets difficult because I still want to respect myself, but I still want to spread knowledge and help others. I think just continuing to have an open mind and helping the people that really, really wanted to be helped while also setting boundaries and realizing when people are wasting my time. And then the final question I have for you, Easton. How can you change to impact the world? I think just staying focused and like I said for the other question, just spreading my truth, like pure truth, if that's about mental health, if that's about investing and coming from a place of pure love and joy and just out here not trying to really gain anything, just out here spreading truth and here to genuinely help people and have people grow without coming from a negative or egotistic internal place. Wow. Well, Easton, everything that we have touched on has been absolutely incredible. That's why I wanted to have you on. We just, Thank there's you. so many topics, man, that it's so awesome to talk about. And when it comes to mental health and, and spirituality and the Web 3.0, like, it's just so interesting to have some of these conversations. And, and it was awesome to have you on. You know, just explore some of the things you're passionate about. And we'll obviously, you know, continue our relationship and continue building and, and seeing how we can help each other. So, Easton, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And, Last thing, where can people find you and is there anything you would like to promote that you currently are working on? You can find me at Easton Gladney, E-A-S-T-O-N-G-L-A-D-N-E-Y on all social media platforms, one word. And I guess the only thing that I want to really promote is if anyone needs NFT, crypto, Web3 help about anything, if that's getting into the space, stepping into virtual real estate. I do charge my time, but I'm also 
here to answer questions, and I also make content around that. So I do have some paid stuff that I do, and I also have a bunch of free information that I give out. Awesome. So I will add your Instagram and your TikTok in there. I can add your Twitter as well. Any social media, you can text me after this, and we'll get that sorted. So Easton, thank you so much, brother. We will end the podcast here. Thank you so much for being on, and all love, brother. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it.